Welcome back, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rams Up podcast. We have a special uh, episode today, a crossover episode. with I'm joined by Ed Kratz of the Philadelphia Eagles Insider podcast. How are you doing, Ed? Hey, I'm doing great, Tom. Uh, good, good to see you. You too, you too. Yeah, so we got a... Uh, a nice week five matchup here between the previous two NFC champions. And uh, uh, so Eagles, 4-0. and What's wrong with that, right? Nothing's wrong with that. You guys are <laughs> off to the same start you were last year, right? A uh, little, yeah, little facetious there, but I just wanted to get your take on uh, how things have started off. And um, obviously the record's good, but how's everything else looking? Well, I mean, listen, 4-0, fans are disappointed here in Philadelphia with that 4-0 start. They're held to such a high standard because of them getting to the Super Bowl last year. But, uh, you know, listen, every team, every year is different. You know that, right? The Rams went to the uh, to the uh, the NFC title game a couple of years ago, uh, right? And, uh, you know, hit some hard times last year. And, you know, the Eagles are certainly a different team this year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, teams are playing them a little bit differently, but fans are, you know, they want this team to come out and win like 35 to six. And, you know, they want it to look all pretty and nice with, you know, little hearts and rainbows all over the place, but it's just not going to be like that. And, you know, they, they've found different ways to win games. So frankly, Tom, I'm surprised that they're four and zero to be honest at this point, I thought they'd be more like three and one, uh, at minimum, maybe two and two, because I know how hard it is coming away from a Super Bowl that you didn't win to come back the next year and play with that same fire. But they found a way to get to four wins and four games, and it's about all you can ask for. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The the W's are good and shows a little bit of grit. They've had more adversity, it seem, seemingly, than they have in the past, uh, or certainly last season when they were just sort of rolling everybody Um Right. Until uh, Hertz got uh, went down with a, a little bit of an injury late in the season, but um, yeah, four and zero, you can't you can't beat it. So uh, yeah, interesting too. The line on this game is right around four and a half, five. Um, wouldn't expect that, uh, but uh, so yeah, the, I think people think it's going to be a little closer than um, perhaps we thought coming into the season. The Rams, on the other hand, uh, also you know had a, a, a <clears throat> the Super Bowl hangover the year after winning it right last year, and really did kind of a teardown. The 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 team will tell you it's a remodel, not a rebuild, because we're kept Stafford and Cup and Donald and you know Higby and maybe a couple of offensive linemen, Havenstein and so forth. But everything else was a was a, essentially a teardown. I mean Wagner and Floyd and uh, uh, Ramsey and you know they're all the all the big contracts are gone, taking on you know sort of seventy eighty million in in dead cap this year. Um, really positioning this, this season is about positioning for next year, making one last run with Stafford and Donald 
um, still on the roster and that, that might be both of their last year next year. So uh, that's really what the Rams are doing. And uh, so, yeah, just really not a lot of expectations this year. Super young roster, only two players on offense and two players on defense uh, took more than uh, starters, took more than 50% of the snaps for the Rams last year. So tremendous roster turnover and uh, a bunch of guys coming back from injuries that were uh, from last year. So um, yeah, it's uh, been pleasantly surprised so far, right? Um, yeah. Could have uh, without a, a pretty significant injury on our left with our left tackle in that uh, Bengals game on Monday night. Um, could well be three and one, but happy with two and two at this point in the season. And uh, yeah, so um, uh, that's that's yeah. kind of where we're at. I, I think the perspective in Philadelphia is that the Rams are probably doing better than uh, at least people here in Philadelphia thought. Like when you when the schedule came out. I think the, the the fans here, and again, they have these crazy high expectations. Uh, they thought this would be kind of an easy game, and I just don't see it being an easy game, especially when you're talking about a team that has to fly across the country uh, to, to play. Um, so I think the Rams, like I said, from the perspective here, is they're, they're doing really well. And, you know, when you think about, what I guess when they came out of that Super Bowl, you know, McVay was talking about, stepping down right I mean he was thinking of of leaving after last season for whatever reason and you know he's such a good coach you know you'd hate to see him you know just bail and go somewhere else or do something else because I think he's one of the better head coaches in the league and he's got this team playing pretty well I mean two and two you're you're right there I mean you're right there in the NFC which is to me wide open after you know it's a little top heavy with the Eagles and you know the Cowboys and the 49ers of course but uh, you know, I think the Rams are, are right there. You know, the Lions are, are are in that mix, and uh, you know, maybe the Buccaneers who are sitting at three and one. But yeah, I I like what the Rams have done and the and the fight that they've shown. And I've always loved Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, P- uh, Pennsylvania kid, Pittsburgh uh, kid. Um, love the way he plays the game and attacks offensive lines, and he's always fun to watch. So uh, I'm glad he's still playing. And you said, you know, they're making this one last push with him and and Stafford. I hope Donald plays for a few more years because I really like him. I like watching him play. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, you know, they both they both those guys have really stepped up as leaders of this team. And um, and uh, I think the team really just wants to put a good product around them to give them one last one last hurrah next year. But let's let's dive into the uh, offenses versus defenses. We'll start with the the Rams offense versus the Eagles uh, defense. And uh, yeah, I think the, you know, with Stafford coming back had his first uh, first camp, really full camp with the Rams. Um, But uh, you know, but Cooper cup goes down, right. Our number one receiver. And so in steps, uh, you know, uh, 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 Van Jefferson and um, as our new number one. And, uh, and then with two guys who have gotten, you know, obviously a rookie with Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, right? And Atwell's in his third year had almost very, very few snaps and receptions. Uh, been an ex- extreme disappointment for Rams fans as a second-round draft pick, uh, again, in his third year. So um, we're expecting uh, Jefferson to go off, and and lo and behold, our new number one, Jefferson, is nowhere to be found, and it's all, it's the Puka Nakua show. And uh, it's been fantastic and fun to watch, you know, a fifth round draft pick um, just lighten up the the record book and so forth. And then Atwell comes alive as well. And that pass attack has really come alive with really two receivers. Uh, we lose our, our, 
a disgruntled running back that we had high expectations for in Cam Akers and, um, you know, got sent on his way. Uh, and in steps Kyron Williams, um, who was hurt for the vast majority of last year, got hurt on the very first play, the kickoff, returning the kickoff. He hurt his foot and was out for most of the season last year. So he's in steps Kyron Williams and bam, he's just, you know, a couple touchdowns a game. He's killing it. Um, and then our O line is a huge question mark after last year. And, uh, and so they, but they played extremely well, um, had a little bit of a hiccup when our left tackle went down, but yeah, the offense has been clicking on all cylinders and, uh, given everybody that they faced, um, a little, like I say, with a little bit of hiccup in that second half against, uh, against, uh, uh, in the Monday night game against the Bengals. But other than that, it's, it's been clicking on all cylinders. So what, how do you, how do you feel the, the, uh, the D has been stacking up for the Eagles and how do you see them matching up against um, what the Rams are offering? Well, at the very least, I'll say the Rams have the all name team, Puka, Tutu, Kyron. I mean, you know, these are <laughs> here every day. Uh, you know, I have three kids and they're, you know, there's basic names as they come. <laughs> Puka, Tutu and Kyron. I love it. But uh, yeah, I, listen, the Eagles defense is very hard to run against. We'll start there. The run defense is ranked second in the league. Uh, they were only giving up 48 yards going into their game against the Commanders on Sunday. Uh, the Commanders did a pretty good job running against them, uh, but they're still the Eagles are still second. I think now they're up to 63 yards allowed on the ground per game, and I really think a big reason for that is Jordan Davis, uh, who was their number one pick last year, has really taken a giant leap from the rookie year to second year. He's playing a lot, and he's a mountain of a man. He's 6'6", 340. You know, trying to block him, to me, it looks like it would be something akin to wrestling a bear or <laughs> trying to push a big boulder out of the, you know, out of your road, uh, you know, to keep your car going someplace. I mean, he's just big and he does a real good job occupying blockers uh, and getting off blocks. And then you add in Jalen Carter, uh, you know, the ninth overall pick in the draft this past year, his former teammate at Georgia, the two are mm -hmm. very good friends. They played together on the national championship Bulldogs team. He has been as advertised to me. He's one of the top rookies in the league. Probably I would say one of maybe the best and, until Monday night when we saw the Seattle Seahawks cornerback, uh, Devin Witherspoon, yeah. yeah, really, you know, <laughs> had an amazing game and that kind of game can take him a long way in the rookie of the year. Uh, balloting, but Jalen Carter certainly doesn't take a back seat. I mean, he plays a different position and he's been very, very hard to block. Um, so that's a big reason why the Eagles are shutting guys uh, offenses down on the ground. And even Fletcher Cox, who's been in this league for, you know, 12 or 13 years now was on the all decade team for the 2010s. He seems to have kind of a rebirth with some of these young guys, maybe pushing him a little bit. So uh, tough to run against now passing against them is a little different story. It's, it's, you know, the Eagles have been banged up in the secondary. Uh, they're playing James Bradbury, who's a all pro cornerback. They're giving him slot reps because they lost their two slot corners. Zach McPherson was the backup. They lost him in the summer to an Achilles and then Avante Maddox tore his peck in game two. So, uh, they're still trying to figure out who's going to play the slot. They may have to make a trade at the deadline. This passing defense, which was number one in the league last year, is down you know, in the mid-20s. So you can throw on this team, and that's kind of going to be, I think, how the Rams are going to have to make their hay here is they're going to have to you know, scheme open Puka and now Cooper Cup probably coming back. And you mentioned Tutu, and uh, you know, it, it's going to be a handful for this Eagles secondary to stop 
you know, this receiving core. And one of the ways to do it maybe is to rush the passer, put some pressure on Matthew Stafford. The Eagles are one of the top teams in pressuring quarterbacks. They haven't necessarily gotten home like they did last year when they had 70 sacks. Uh, they had five sacks on Sunday against Sam Howell and against Washington. Uh, but that's how they're going to have to get it done. You know, they can't give Stafford too much time to sit back there and find these guys because this Eagles secondary is susceptible to the to the pass. So that's how I see it happening. I mean, I don't know if the Rams will be able to run as effectively as they might like, but I think they can make some uh, make some plays in the air. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because that, that you know that front uh, that front four front you know essentially your entire box is is just uh, <clears throat> you know among the best in the league, right? Um, and, uh, yeah, Jalen Carter, just what a, what a, what a steal in the draft. It just, just, just amazes me. Just, of course he falls to the Eagles. Um, but good, good for you guys. And, uh, yeah, but in terms of the, um, yeah, with Stafford, uh, he will eat a, he will eat teams up if they, uh, if they blitz, right. Cause he, he's so good at reading, you know, he's a guy like that been around forever, as good as anyone at reading defenses and seeing where pressure's coming from and so forth. So, um, but I don't, so I don't expect, uh, Sirianni and crew to blitz a lot. I don't expect them to, you know, maybe occasionally here or there, but if, but I do think that you can still get home with four and if you can get home with four, then it's going to be a long day for Stafford. I mean, he'll get his, you know, and Niku will get his and so forth. But, um, but yeah, that's when we're, that's when he has trouble. And, uh, you know, if you can, you can drop, you know, five and, uh, and cover those guys up. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, and in terms of, um, yeah, our, our, our line, it'll be interesting to see how our, uh, if we bring back our, our left tackle, if he's healthy, he almost played last year, Larry Jackson. This is a, a UDFA who beat out our paid, uh, left tackle. Um, and, uh, you know, got $40 million, Joe Noteboom. And, um, and so, and, but he got beat out and now Noteboom's playing right guard. So, uh, yeah, it'll be in. Last week he moved to left tackle, and we'll see if that shuffling uh, continues. But those guys have held up pretty well, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we can establish a little bit of the run. Um, it'll certainly help the pass attack, but uh, that's a a tall order against again against that front four. So good stuff. Um, moving yeah. on to the, uh, why don't you give us a a briefing of how the uh, Eagles O is looking, what they what they've been uh, successful at, where they've been struggling. And uh, and then we'll talk about the Rams D. Yeah, you know, the O hasn't. And again, expectation level is off the charts. The Eagles offense was so good last year and everybody's wondering when's it going to start clicking. But then you look at the numbers and, and the Eagles, they've put up over 400 total yards of offense the last two games. Jalen Hurts threw for 319 yards, completed 25 of 37 throws, two touchdown passes, uh, you know, but they have a new offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. You know, they lost Shane Steichen. Uh, from last year's Super Bowl team, he's now the head head coach in Indianapolis. As you guys know, you just faced the Colts. Yeah, we just faced him. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think he'll do a great job in Indianapolis. But you know, they're still trying to you know kind of make things look a little more smoother, maybe a little bit more consistent. You know, the thing the Eagles had done well is run the ball. You know, they're one of the top ranked teams again in running the football. They brought in DeAndre Swift, who is mm-hmm. second in the league in running behind. Christian McCaffrey, and he's quite a distance behind Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, uh, Swift leads the league in yards per carry at 6.1. You know, he does a good job of, uh, you know, this Eagles offensive line is very good. 
Uh, they did have a key injury on Sunday. Their right guard, Cam right. Jurgens, second-year guy, has a foot injury. And when your head coach says you're week-to-week with that, that's probably not a good sign that he's going to play. Uh, so they'll probably go with this guy, Sua Opeta, a former undrafted free agent out of Weber State. Uh, he's been with the team for four years. But, boy, what a, what a tough task he's going to have. And even Cam would have had a tough task blocking Aaron Donald. I mean, that's going to be, you know, an area of concern if you're the Eagles offensive line, but they can run the ball. Swift does a good job after contact, picking up yards. He's very shifty, um, you know, extremely quick. Uh, and then this offense really revolves around Jalen, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, obviously the trigger man. And then you have A.J. Brown, back-to-back 100-yard-plus games, had 175 last week, touchdowns of 59 and 28 yards. Uh, you know, he's a handful. He's you look at him and you think he's like a DK Metcalf who, you know, Rams fans are, I'm sure, are familiar with. They see him twice a year, but that's the way Brown is. He's built like an edge rusher. And, and then you have Devontae Smith on the other side, former Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama, who's as, as thin as a rail. I was, uh, you know, Eagles picked him 10th overall. They traded up with the Cowboys of all teams to get him. And then the Cowboys moved back two spots and drafted Micah Parsons. And you thought, well, boy, it should be nice to have Parsons if you're the Eagles. But Smith's pretty darn good, too. I was really dead set against drafting him when the Eagles did because he's so thin. You you look at his legs and it's like, man, put a pair of sweatpants on. That shouldn't be allowed. Those legs are like literally like toothpicks. But that guy has stayed healthy. He's able to – he has this ability when he goes up in the air to track the ball, and it almost looks like he kind of defies gravity a little bit. Like he's able to hang just a split second longer in the air, kind of like a Skywalker type thing. And then as the D-back's coming down, he's still hanging up in the air, and he's able to catch these contested balls. So he's a fun guy to watch, and that's a tough duo for teams to match up with, uh, Brown and Smith. They haven't gotten a lot out of their third receiver spot. Quez Watkins was supposed to be that guy. He's missed two games with a hamstring. Now maybe you know he'll return to the lineup. Um, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus, who I call Oz because I always screw up his name. I, I just call him Oz, O-Z. Um, he has made a couple of plays. He's been in the right place at the right time. These last two games, he's made some, you know, he made three big catches at big times, critical times. Um, so they really haven't developed that role as a third wide receiver. And Dallas Goddard, their tight end hasn't really been a much of a factor. They seem to be forcing the ball to him and, you know, he's only averaging like four or five yards per catch. So they haven't really gotten him too involved, but you know, this is an offense that's fifth in the league in scoring. You know, they average 29 and a half points. And, you know, that might be how they're going to have to win this game is they're going to have to match the Rams, you know, in scoring. Because I think the Rams will put points up, but I think the Eagles will too with this offense. Yeah, it's – uh yeah, with uh, when you go back to Brown's comment, every time – it's funny you say that because every time I see – every time I watch that guy, just it, it just – I don't think in terms of a DK, but when I see him every time, man, he's big. It pops into my head every time. And I'm like, okay, eventually you just get it through your head. You know, he's a big guy. So, uh, but going back to your offensive line, that's a, you know, that's always been a, you know, you guys, the health in your Super Bowl, you know, last year and making the run of the Super Bowl was, I think, a real, a real key for you guys on, especially in both sides of the trenches. Um, Didn't you draft a uh, offensive lineman? pretty early on in the draft day two. Um, and this I, I was year, one last year. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. This, this year. 
Yeah, they drafted a kid named Tyler Steen, who yeah. was, uh, he started his career at, at Vanderbilt, and then he moved over to Alabama. Um, you know, they're working him at guard, and I thought maybe he'd be the guy that would slide in uh, for Jurgens. But you know, this Opeta guy, the Eagles see something they love in him, and he's more of a veteran type player. And this is a a team built to win, you know, the Super Bowl. So I, I you know, I'd be surprised if they went with the rookie in Steen. In fact, even Nick Sirianni said they're going to go with Sue Opeta. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I would have thought when I heard about that when I saw that injury, uh, I thought immediately, okay, we're going to get we're going to get to see the 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 third is it third round. Third round, so, yeah, yeah. They took two guys in the third round, kind yeah. of like back to back, and they, and I can't remember the order, but they took Steen with one of those picks in the third round, and then they followed up with Sidney Brown, uh, the safety out of Illinois, right, uh, as the other pick, and 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 he could be a guy mentioning the defense again. Thomas play the slot. They're cross training him to safety to slot. He played some slot at Illinois, so he did. He sat out last week's game because of a hamstring. The Eagles are being cautious with it. They they don't want to turn a one week injury into a month long injury hamstrings are tricky uh but those are two picks in the third round that you know steen won't pay dividends probably this year but someone that could step in next year uh if especially if jason kelsey eventually retires i mean he's been talking about retiring for three years you know to me he's a hall of fame center 35 years old everybody knows jason kelsey you probably heard his podcast with his brother travis kelsey um very popular uh guy uh, but he's still playing, and that's where Jurgens is supposed to play. They drafted him to take over for Kelsey, right. but I think at some point he will, and then Steen will step in at guard. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, and, and just uh, going back for a second to uh, speaking of rookie offensive linemen, uh, we drafted uh, Steve Avila um, from TCU, and uh, he's just playing incredibly well at left guard for us, just just really doing well. So uh, just thrilled there with our our – our rook um, he's a strong guy yeah i remember yeah. him coming out in the draft from tcu and i thought the eagles might take a look at him because they have a little bit of a history with tcu they took halapulavati halapulavati vitai who's now with the lions uh playing on the offensive line they took him they took matt Pryor from tcu they took jalen rager who didn't pan out from tcu but they have that history so i i was keeping an eye on avila and i thought you know maybe the eagles take a take a stab at him but they but you know the rams took him and he's i'm glad he's doing well because you know I, I like to see guys do well rookies especially yeah there's going to be a speaking of uh of histories with teams there's going to be a lot of georgia guys on the field um <laughs> next yeah. week uh yeah. between the you know between the rams and the uh um uh, and the uh and the eagles right i mean you have the rams uh, have who, who the rams um, have well we got of course stafford wow uh, yeah. right and then uh uh, we got uh, Darion Kendrick, the cornerback, our starting cornerback, Georgia, yeah. uh, second-year guy, um, a uh, a backup. I don't know if he'll see the field, but we have a, a backup uh, tackle, Warren McClendon. And uh, so, um, yeah, there's a, a few, not as many as you guys, though. So, <laughs> yeah, they they they've got hats. I saw one in Nolan Smith's locker. It says Philly Dogs on it. I'm like, that's a really nice hat. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> LLC and start selling these things and make some money off them because you know they have Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, and Kobe Dean was supposed to be their linebacker. Got hurt week. Yeah, one. he's hurt. Yeah. Yeah, he still has two more games to miss at minimum before he can come off of the injured reserve. But, you know, they have him. They have Devont, DeAndre Swift is a Georgia guy. Keely Ringo is a special teams player. Uh, yeah, they've just got Nolan Smith. I mean, he was he's a Georgia guy. So, yeah, they've really 
invested a lot in these Georgia guys the last couple of drafts. Yeah, well, it's a, if you're going to invest in 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 a particular uh, uh, team, that's not a bad one to invest in. Yeah, uh, yeah just to move on to the Rams uh, defense, right? So this is where there's been just enormous turnover. I mean, not only you know the guys that everybody that everybody knows, the Ramsey and and Floyd and Wagner, but you know our entire secondary is gone, or our starting secondary gone. Um, on top of it, uh, and you know, aside from Aaron Donald of the entire starting defensive line gone. And so it's just been a huge uh, uh, sort of a, a youth movement and um, on this side of the ball and guys that nobody's, you know, ever heard of, right. I mean, rookie coat ne- and defensive line next to Aaron Donald, Kobe Turner, a third round, third round draft pick. Um, and then a couple of guys that have been hanging around, uh, for, you know, as backups the last couple of years, Bobby Brown and Jonah Williams, um, and then on the edges, we have Byron Young. Again, another edge, third-round draft pick, Tennessee, uh, playing really well, fast kid, showing a lot of promise. Um, and Michael Hoyt, who's a converted defensive lineman uh, playing edge, and he's really been exposed quite a lot this year. Um, and then, you know, moving to our, 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 uh, our really our other stalwart, aside from Aaron Donald, is uh, Ernest Jones, who's just playing a fantastic, um, wearing the dot and playing a fantastic uh uh, interior inside linebacker, but a guy, another guy, Christian Roseboom, another UDFA starting at linebacker. And then I mentioned Darion Kendrick, second year guy, Akilo Weatherspoon bounced around the league, Steelers and Niners. And he's playing out of his mind. He's ready to just, you know, sort of a top five cornerback right now. Um, Kobe Durant, again, a second year guy uh, uh, out of HB, out of HBCU and uh, just playing great in the, in the slot. And then a couple of guys, Jordan Fuller, who was in the Super Bowl, heard all last year, but he did. He was a starting. And then you got a guy named Rush East, a seventh round draft pick, draft mm-hmm. pick playing out of his mind. So these are no name guys on this defense, and they're actually playing extremely well. So, um, you know, that was the goal for the Rams to get a bunch of young guys in there and see who can play. And so far, none of these guys have gotten benched. And, uh, you know, we I expected personally, and I was so far so I was wrong that they start a bunch of young guys and find out this guy couldn't play and then insert Trey Tomlinson, a cornerback from TCU and see how he does. And then, you know, Quinton Lake from second year from UCL, see how he does. We have John Johnson backing up. Maybe he's going to step in, but none of that's happened yet. The, the, the starting 11 have stayed and they've stayed healthy. So um, they're doing a very good job. Not, I wouldn't say exceptional, but uh, they're doing a very good job considering, you know, the names I just read off. And speak, speaking of names, you know, I already said the all-name team. So you mentioned Christian Rose Boom. You have Joe Note Boom. I mean, yeah, that's the guy on ESPN, Boomer. You know, he, he would love those names, right, if they yeah. were started. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> Boom. No, no, Boom. And Rose Boom. boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like, you're, you're right. I'm looking at the names. You know, I have this depth chart in front of me, and, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to tell you much about these guys. Uh, so it's <laughs> yeah. a credit to, you know, the staff that they have them playing and developing. I mean, that's the key, right? To to successful teams as you draft these guys or, or bring them in as undrafted kids or bring them in late, you know, on the third day, wherever. But it's up to these the the staff, the coaching staff to to teach now. It's they they have to develop these guys, uh, even first round guys. So, you know, it's a credit to the Rams staff for getting these guys uh, to play. Yeah, it, it really is. And interestingly, 
historically, the Rams have had a, a lot of their, just like the Eagles did last year, have had a lot of their coaching staff picked off, you know, year after year after year after year. It's just been turnover just because these guys have gotten head coaching jobs. I mean, you have, you know, Zach Taylor and you got O'Connell and yeah. you got LaFleur and you know, all these guys. And, um, and uh, last year though, I mean, and you had mentioned McVay almost leaving. So he, uh, you know, all of the talk about his going to Amazon and so forth was after the Super Bowl year. Um, but that was just, you know, he really didn't say he, he got a raise. He got a raise from like 8 million to $15 million. And, you Stuff. know, he was, he was, he was staying, you know, that wasn't, you know, he never even said he was going to leave, but last year he really had a, he really went through a, you know, quite a crisis and it's pretty well documented in, in places like the athletic and so forth. But um, he went through quite a crisis. He, he thought once he won the Super Bowl that, you know, life was going to be peaches and cream and, you know, it was all going to be, um, you know, go back and do it again. And, but, you know, he just really, uh, he, he really lost himself in a lot of ways and um, with, withdrew from the team, withdrew from the coaching staff and uh, um, didn't have the right coaches around him and just kind of brought in a bunch of his friends and guys that he had had in the past and stuff. So this year they cleaned house, not only in, uh, uh, not only in, the 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 roster but also with the coaching staff brought in a bunch of guys um you know uh guys from uh, a couple of guys from uh our offensive line and and tight ends coach from the patriots you know people that knew how to um win and then win again and again and again how to you know how to keep that mentality uh brought in just brought in a bunch of uh a new new uh new faces and um this really helped a lot well, you know, it's tough when a team goes to the Super Bowl and loses to go back again. You know, like that's kind of been the discussion here in Philadelphia. It's just how tough it is to do. You know, you lose and you come back the next year. And only three teams have lost the Super Bowl and come back and won the Super Bowl the, the next year. Uh, and, you know, we're most recently it was the Patriots in 2018. After the Eagles beat them in the 2017 Super Bowl, Patriots came back and won in 2018. But you have to go all the way back to the early 70s, 1971 and 72, when the uh, Cowboys did it in 71. And then the Dolphins, who lost to the Cowboys in that Super Bowl, came back in 72, went undefeated and won the Super Bowl. So it's only happened three times in history that that's been done. So, you know, it, it's not peaches and cream. And it's good that, you know, McVeigh learned that and has, you know, rededicated himself to finding ways to correct it and try to get back there again. Um, but it's not easy to do. And that's why when we started this podcast, I said that the Eagles being 4-0 is impressive because it is hard to do when you lose a Super Bowl. You're playing late into the year. Your your season's right. not over to the middle of February. You, you've played those extra games, so it's tough on the body physically, on the players Mentally, of course, you know, you're probably fried at that point. So it's not easy to do. So to me, it's a feather in the Eagles cap that they're sitting at 4-0. They've won four games, and it might not be pretty, but, you know, listen, they can only win what the game they play that day, and they've managed to do it. Yeah, especially losing both of the coordinators. That's uh, yeah. somewhat unprecedented. Yeah. Right. So, and they have, they have five new starters on defense. I mean, they lost five starters on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and they've been able to kind of plug and play and keep on, you know, keep on going. Yep. Good stuff. So moving on, give us a, a quick uh, rundown of, you know, key injuries. You mentioned Kobe Dean and a couple other guys that got hurt early on. Who's still 
which guys that you were, you know, sort of coming into the season counting on are going to be out in this game and which guys are, are maybe a little banged up and, and, you know, sort of day to day. Yeah. Well, Justin Evans, their safety, um, you know, and, and the safety position is something the Eagles haven't invested a lot in. Uh, they lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson to the lions. Uh, but Reed Blankenship is an undrafted free agent who has stepped in and has been everything they could have asked for. But Justin Evans, the other starter, missed last week's game with a neck injury, which, you know, probably a stinger of some kind up in the upper neck or upper shoulder neck area. That's a tough injury to come back from. Now he was questionable going into that game against the commander. So maybe he plays, but that's a key injury. Um they might lose their punt returner, Britton Covey, who's been the top punt returner in the league since week 13 last year. He averages over 13 yards per punt return. He's in concussion protocol. So they may have to use this uh, OZ, Alamade Zacchaeus, who I was talking about. Oz. Oz, yeah, the great and powerful Oz. <laughs> but uh, he, he's never – I mean, he's returned three punts in his career, so he would be the backup. So, you know, that's a concern. Um Let's see. Obviously, the right guard, like I mentioned, Jurgens, he's kind of questionable heading into the game. And, and then they lost their two slot guys, Maddox and McPherson. I mean, that's a big dent. Uh, Maddox is a very good cornerback. He's just struggled with injuries the past two years. Um, but, the, you know, they're still trying to figure that out. Uh, those are probably the big ones. Um, Nicobe Dean, of course, you mentioned he's still out for at least two more games. Um, so, yeah, they're, they, they've been last year a big reason for the success was they stayed relatively healthy. They didn't lose anybody for more than four or five games. You know, they didn't have any season enders um, and the injuries they had weren't impactful. So this year they're getting hit with them and they've been able to kind of do it with some of the depth that they have. So uh, those, those are probably the big, big ones there, Tom, that, that I just mentioned as far as yeah. injury. So a little bit banged up. I'm certainly more so than last year. Yeah, obviously for the Rams, I mean, the big question mark is Stafford, right? That hip pointer, um, you know, swelling as a kind of a hip contusion and, uh, you know, gutted it out in in typical Stafford fashion, you know, on limping around, uh, you know, Mahomes-esque, uh, limping around on one leg, still making it happen and winning in overtime. So that was huge for the Rams fans. So I think he'll play. I mean, if he could... You know, he certainly didn't get any worse over uh, over the over the week, and he finished that game out. So expect Stafford to play, but we'll see what his mobility is like. Um, he was very limited in the second half and couldn't get that kind of in almost Burrow fashion. Couldn't get that push off the ball. Um, you know, obviously Burrow is is the the calf, but it's that steam. It's just interesting to see these these fantastic passers if they can't don't have that leverage off their back leg off their right leg if you know that if things aren't aren't going like they're used to especially with those precision um strong arm passers so we'll see how that plays out uh cup is coming off of uh you know he started the season on uh the injured reserve so um uh, coming out of week five coming out of week four into week five he is going to practice this week we're not sure if he's going to get activated off of the uh off of the ir um but he will start his uh three week window to get activated um i'm guessing he does not play personally i really am i i, I do not think he's going to play i think they're going to be very safe with it very safe with him they brought him back a little early uh in into uh camp and he got re-injured you know that's it with the same with the same injury so um i i don't expect him to play i think he'll come back start practice and they're gonna they're gonna slow roll this again it's not they're not trying to go all the way this year and they, you know, keeping people healthy is, is critical. And obviously with Puka doing what he's doing at Cup's position, 
Um, you know, who knows? Uh, oh, another guy, Oshan Mathis in edge is coming to come off the IR. Um, Alaric Jackson, who I mentioned, our left tackle, you know, he's, he's going to be, uh, questionable whether he comes back or not. Um, we threw in, uh, uh, we put, I told you not Nopu moved over back to his, uh, normal left tackle position is, and we put in a guy, uh, Dotson who is, uh, we, we got from, uh, the Steelers played extremely well. So their existing line played really well last year. Well, well, last week, we'll see what happens there. And then a couple other guys that are expected to play that are a little banged up. I'll miss some practice this week are Higby and Kyron Williams, but expected to play. So yeah, it's uh pretty healthy all around. If you think about it, um, uh, you know, just to touch base on this, on this question though, what, what happens if cup does come back, what happens to Puka, uh, uh, Puka Nakua's production, right? He's in that cups position. And, uh, and then who's the odd man out? Those are sort of questions the Rams fans have. If when, if and when Cup does come back, who sits? Is it is it our supposed number one re- or number two receiver right now, Van Jefferson, who has had almost no production, or is it uh, certainly not going to be Nakua? Uh, so it's is or is it Atwell? So it'll be interesting to see how that how that all plays out. But those are good problems to have when you have a bunch of guys producing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So who who would you who's an X factor? Like who's a somebody you mentioned your tight end who hasn't had any production? I mean, that's kind of the guys I always look at. Um, who's somebody that you that you think could be a, an X factor that people might not be uh, uh, sort of top of mind? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say Kenny Gainwell, uh, a running back who's kind of been stuck behind DeAndre Swift, but the Eagles still get him his to share of carries. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that they like kind of as a short yardage guy. Um, he can also catch the ball out of the backfield, but you know, it's so far it's been Swift's show. He's kind of taken rain, you know, the reins at that position. Um, but Kenny Gainwell was considered, he was going to be the starter. In fact, he started the opener, um, and Swift only had one carry and, you know, they used Gainwell all the time and then they went away from him. So, you know, he's still a guy that's in the mix who could be a factor if the Eagles decide to try to keep that running attack going, keep Swift fresh and Gainwell's capable of, uh, you know, he's got the speed and the quickness that he could hit a home run at some point during the game uh, and, and take the ball for quite a distance. So, you know, everybody knows their offense with Smith and Brown and Hertz and Goddard, and Swift. So I, you know, I'll go off the map here and say, you know, Gainwell on the offense would be my X factor. That's great. That's great. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with somebody who's had a little bit of production, but certainly been overshadowed by Puka Niku. I'm going to go with Tutu Atwell. Um, I really feel like he could uh, have a, you know, he, he's had a breakout season for sure, but uh, he really hasn't um, gotten those previous, in previous seasons, he's gotten these over the top, uh, you know, huge explosives. Um, and he's so fast and, uh, but he really hasn't gotten over the top yet. They're grabbing him a lot and, and, uh, and slowing him down as he kind of goes by. And, uh, you don't need to, you know, he's only five, seven or something. You only need to grab, you know, 155, right. Sopping wet. So you just kind of need to, these guys, you know, do a little bit of a grab and it, it has a big effect and they haven't been getting called last week. They finally started calling it. I think the Rams got a hold of the league and said, you know, and said, Hey, come on. You know, and so they they they're sort of last week finally got some calls. Um, but I do think if if you can't get handsy with him, he can get over the top, especially on you know what I don't think you have a a bad uh, secondary, 
at the with the Eagles, but I do think it's their um it is their weak link, um, so to speak, right now, especially with the injuries and people like people like Bradbury playing out of position. So I'm gonna say two two Atwell um has a big game. Well, uh, with uh, you know something over the top, at least one thing, at least one touchdown over the top. So, yeah, good one. It's, and you know the Eagles' defense is, uh, you know, I think they were second in giving up the most touchdown passes going against Washington. They had given up eight. They gave up one as time expired in the game. The only passing TD they gave up, but they've given up nine touchdown passes through the air. So they are susceptible there. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then so yeah, just lastly, what what do you what are your What's your prediction here on uh, how this game's going to play out? Um, high scoring, low scoring, trench battle, um, or do you think it's going to be a, a shootout? And what what do you have for a score prediction for us, Ed? Yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think you know both these defenses can be scored on. Uh, you know, no, no offense against the Rams. I know the Eagles can be scored on, and the Eagles' offense is pretty good. So. Like I said, they're averaging almost 30 points a game, and I expect them to probably reach that number. But I think the Rams will be able to put points on the board, too. Um, you know, I, I'm tempted to pick an upset. It's, what, Tuesday here as we speak. And as I dive deeper into the game, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll uh, I'll find the courage to pick the upset. And I, I'm not even sure I'd call it an upset if the Rams win. I mean, it's only a four or five point line. Um, but right now I would call, I would probably take the Eagles somewhere like in the neighborhood of 34 to 30 or, you know, 34, 29, somewhere in that range. I'll call it 34, 30 because 29 seems like a weird number to hit. Um, but you know, in this day and age, you know, you get all sorts of scores, you know, the Eagles won a game 25, 11 this year against Tampa Bay. <laughs> Oddly enough, that was the first time in NFL history that, that a game ended with that score 25 wow. to 11. Um, so, but I'll go 34, 30 Eagles. Yeah, that's, uh, right, right around where I'm at. I'm, I'm not that high. I do think it's going to be a shootout, but I, I would be, uh, you know, I would be the ultimate Homer if I picked the Rams in this game. I mean, we're talking about a team on the, on the rebound and, um, you know, let's just face it. The Rams home, home field advantages and all that. And, uh, uh, I do know the Eagles have to travel and are a little bit more, a little bit more banged up, but I'm going to go 30, 27 Eagles. And, uh, you know, if you hear that in the background, that's Cooper pup. Everyone Rams, fans, <laughs> I love Rams yeah. fans know my, uh, know my dog Cooper pup, but uh, yeah. that's, that's uh, for Eagles fans. So um, yeah, 30, 27. He's, he's a great, great looking little dog. Little shit. <laughs> uh, what, what a cute dog. 30, 27 is my, my score. Right. And uh yeah, so well, hey, this has been a great, uh, great podcast, Ed. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, hopefully, both of our fan bases enjoy it. The analysis from both of our sides. And um, my name's Tom Quartz. Uh, you can find me uh, at Ramsbeat on Twitter uh, with the Rams Up podcast on all of the uh, Apple podcasts and Spotify and so forth. Um, Ed, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, uh, Ed Kratz, you can find me on the uh, X or Twitter, whatever we're calling it these days, at Kratzy. My name's K-R-A-C-Z-E is how you would find it on Twitter. And you can find me on all the social media platforms, like you mentioned, the Spotify and Twitch and, uh, you know, wherever you get this podcast. So, uh, but I post all my links to, to Twitter. You can also look at at the, at the site that uh, that I operate, uh, Eagles Today with Sports Illustrated. It's uh, www.si dot com backslash nfl backslash eagles brings you right to the site uh, and you can read you know eight stories a day talking about this game 
Yeah, I've, I've been uh, frequenting that over the last week or two just to, in, in anticipation of this game. And um, what a you know, fantastic content there, world class stuff. So, so good job, uh, good job with you and your team there. So again, thanks for uh, joining me, Ed, and uh, we'll look forward to a great game this weekend. My pleasure, Tom. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.